Welcome back to episode 166 of the Blockrunner podcast. Here is where we discuss the latest developments in cryptocurrency while we make this new technology relatable to you. You can watch this podcast on our YouTube channel to follow along with our discussion. As always, I'm your host, William, talking with your co-host, Iman, and today we're interviewing Jack Liu, co-founder of OrdSwap. Here are some of the topics we discussed today. First up, we get to know Jack and how he got into Bitcoin. Next, we ask him why he is interested in Bitmap. Then, is Jack bullish or bearish on the crypto market? And finally, Jack's official view on the parceling standard for the metaverse on Bitcoin. All right, let's listen in. Welcome back to episode 166 of the Block Runner Podcast. I'm your host, William, always here with your co-host, Iman. What's going on, dude? On the sticks, we got TJ. Hello. And most importantly, thank you, Jack Liu from OrdSwap. Thank you for joining us, dude. Hey, thanks for having me. It's, uh, been watching your show for the last few weeks and it's a great time. Dude, that's yeah. awesome. Appreciate that, dude. Yeah, man. Yeah, I don't know if you know this. We were like in a... During like, I, I'm already calling, referring to them as the OG bitmap days, even though it was like last month. It's like six weeks ago. <laughs> yeah. We were in a Twitter space together. That was during the time where like, yeah. uh, there was a lot of heat coming from like the OG Ordinals lads, you know, mm-hmm. you know, the Trevors, the Leonidas's, I mean, the bit gods and stuff, because I guess this was like a very radical concept to them at first. And it wasn't, you know, there was a lot of fade going on and, and you were probably like the, one of the loudest. Yeah loudest voices in the room and that really stuck out to us like dude this guy has some some uh some clout right because you have a a long presence in this bitcoin space and Mm -hmm. you know you have a reputation that we do not we come from ethereum yeah we come from like the (laughs) uh you know decentraland metaverse landscape so we're kind of like newcomers to this bitcoin thing you know he like frequently wears bitcoin shirts (laughs) he loves my favorite (laughs) that's my favorite yeah so like we we really appreciate like your uh your stance on all this and we really want to dive deep into like what it is that motivated you to like uh i guess understand the concept behind bitmap and just you know understand what, what do you think about this whole ordinals things in general did you know that we're more than just a youtube channel we also built mscribe the first inscription platform built from the ground up for the metaverse on bitcoin connect your bitmap ordinals and use our tools to bring your community into the virtual realm Support us by joining the movement at mscribe.io. Like, comment, and subscribe for the latest alpha. Back to the video. So yeah, I guess uh, if you can, give us a history of like what got you started in the Bitcoin space, what led you up to get to develop OrdSwap? Because we looked at the um, some news articles. You were one of the first two ordinal marketplaces mm-hmm. to even exist. All the way back in February, those articles were pushed. So if you can give us like a rundown on that. Yeah, I've um, been in the industry for about 10 years, uh, working for about nine. Uh, first read the Bitcoin white paper in 2013. And so like most people uh, that are working in the industry start off in like centralized platforms like mm-hmm. exchanges. Uh, so I spent time at Kraken, OK, and Circle. Um, and then as a as most people have gotten into Bitcoin 2013, this is like pre-Ethereum, right? So there's a lot of like belief in um, whether you want to call it Bitcoin maximalism or the potential of Bitcoin, whether you believe as a digital gold or you believe as the future of everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and so for me, um, I was in the industry when the forks happened to both BCH and BSV. And um, while there was counterparty and, and ideas that you could do Ethereum on Bitcoin back in the day, um, it seemed to me that like, while the forks were getting a very bad reputation based on the certain actors behind them. Um, but as like a builder, 
the big blocks were the only ones you could really build applications on. And so what got me to OrSwap um, relatively early is the fact that the last four years before OrSwap, uh, we were building ever since the um, Bitcoin Satoshi Vision fork came out. Mm. And uh, we built some of the first um, similar story, actually, uh, almost uh, exact cop- carbon copy story where we built the first marketplace for NFTs uh, on Bitcoin SV and uh, had the on-chain order lock, which is actually a more advanced technology than the popular PSBT-based mm. marketplaces on um, BTC now. So we were actually, as a team, pretty late, uh, relatively speaking, to hear about ordinals. I think we heard about it at like, I would say mid thousands, maybe t- low tens of thousands of uh, inscriptions. So like, but we got the jump on the marketplace almost as quickly as um, we heard about it. So it took us about five days to launch the marketplace. And at that time, the chatter, it reminds me of the fade against um bitmap actually so at that time mm-hmm. the marketplace that was the only one that you could trade was this thing called ordinals market they've since added some bitcoin native functionality but at the time it was very much like uh, you use emblem vault and you bridge assets over to OpenSea, and then they have some kind of interface to OpenSea where you can trade against ethereum um, and so Bitcoin ordinals were actually traded against Ethereum. That was already considered advanced considering people were trading against Google spreadsheets and Discord mm-hmm. chats. Yeah. You remember those days, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so at the time it was controversial whether anyone could make a PSBT marketplace in even weeks or months. And, and we were glad to get it out the door. And soon after uh, there was Ordinals Wallet, uh, Magic Eden, Unisat, et cetera. So kind of the same rollout as Bitmap. Um, but yeah, to answer your question, we had a, my team, uh, our experienced developers in UTXO-based uh, chains. And, um, and so that was, that's what got us a jump on BTC Ordinals. That's interesting because <clears throat> back in the early days of uh, like the Ordinals, I mean, we were talking about Ordinals relatively early like maybe february march time frame yeah and um and not until not until we were hit up by blockamoto and he basically came up with this idea of like districts and parcels and all that we have our history spending a lot of time in like the web3 metaverses and so as soon as we heard bitmap we knew that it was instantly like very valuable and like a really good idea yeah and at the time um, we were doing our research on like BRC twenties and ordinals, and we we understood like what was happening, but I think Bitmap was like the inflection point, at least in my mind, on like the the true value and like the ecosystem potential of Bitcoin. Because up until like recently, mm-hmm. like ecosystems existed outside of Bitcoin, right? We have Ethereum, Solana, Avalanche, and all that. Yeah, but, but I think the spirit and ethos of building an ecosystem always existed, right? Among the Bitcoin, I guess you could chime in with that right jack because you've been around you've seen these like uh i guess attempts at creating movements for like the builder culture to kind of like you know emerge from within bitcoin but i don't know things have always kind of like knocked uh, knocked that that uh mission off the rails one way or another right so yeah i guess yeah are there some sort of like a past events i know counterparty had uh, maybe back in 2013 or summer 2014 roughly around that time what is it that has really prevented people yeah, and like I guess Vitalik was an was an origin originated from Bitcoin, right? But mm-hmm. he, uh, I guess, the community wasn't aligned with that this builder culture, right? It was more like a maxi yeah. sentiment, right? 
So what do you think? Like, uh, why did that not work in the past and everything kind of like gravitated to like new layer one ecosystems? And then why now all of a sudden, what, what is it about ordinals you think that's bringing everyone back? Yeah. Yeah, I think a, a big factor that people underestimate is the idea of like liquidity. Um, and liquidity right now, uh, even today, is still very much shaped by centralized exchanges and such. So there was very much a favoritism towards new blockchains because that's a, a way for different exchanges like Binance, Coinbase to have more uh, uh, unique assets and unique chains to offer because you obviously without uh, bridges and such, um, you need to go through a centralized exchange to switch between Bitcoin and Ethereum because the two assets are running on different chains. And um, once the exchanges kind of open the floodgates to the listing um, of different chains assets, then that like proliferated by companies like Poloniex, Bittrex, and later on Binance, and then copied obviously by everyone else, including OKX and Coinbase. Once that was there, it's almost like, um, you know how like Alibaba lists on New York Stock Exchange? It's like mm -hmm. once New America was embracing of Chinese tech companies going IPO, then that creates a path to liquidity for all kinds of Chinese startups to go list in Hong Kong, London, New York, et cetera. Um, similar story with like once... Uh, developers and VCs and investors can see that there's a path to get onto a liquidity point, um, then the developer community and the investment community would rather build um, infrastructure type projects like layer ones and layer twos and all that stuff. So even on Ethereum, where there is a lot of builder, there's a lot of NFTs, there is a lot of like actual applications. Uh, one of the feedback I just recently heard from coming out of ETHCC Paris mm -hmm. is that everyone's got a layer two, everyone's got a layer three, yeah. everyone's still working on infrastructure. Yeah. No one wants to work on the apps because they want to capture this like massive moat. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's kind of originally why there's a lot of like people who wanted to branch away from Bitcoin and like start their own chain, start their own projects. Um, from a technical perspective, I think obviously Bitcoin having a limited block size and a different kind of a, a slightly harder programming language like UTXO, um, there was a lot of like, misconceptions that it wasn't um, Turing complete. Like mm -hmm. just like an ordinal start, people didn't think that Bitcoin could handle PSBTs and, and things like that. Mm -hmm. um, and there was a higher barrier of entry compared to the easier programming language like Solidity. Um, and then like where it came to a front now is I think you have a certain kind of retail investor community who has, you know, bought into Bitcoin, bought into Ethereum, bought into ICOs, then bought into NFTs. And all along the way, while a lot of people made money, there was a lot more people that like got rugged in certain ways or by exchange hacks or by developer team like rugging mm -hmm. um, or just general artists like didn't follow through on their promises. Or you can just say that they just got, they just, they should take responsibility too. But there was that ethos that, was really in search for is there like an ultimate chain to have nfts and have applications on that is not so dependent on the ebbs and flows of all these different like third tier chains and things like that so once bitcoin which has obviously got the most liquidity as an asset um once that could have nfts you had this like bitcoin maxi fair launch proof of work culture that while the maxis don't like jpegs and ordinals but you have the ordinal culture also liking fair launches like BRC20, where you inscribe your way into your bitmaps um, and into your frogs, into your ordi, et cetera. Uh, and that gives people a sense that there's no chance I can be rugged by anyone because mm -hmm. the only person I'm paying is the miner. Mm -hmm. um, and the miner is the most secure 
like the database is the most secure ledger in the in the history of the earth. So this is this is actually worth paying for. So that is like kind of the um where the roads all came back together. Um and why I think like I think it's 99% genius though by by uh Casey to to do this kind of ordering system and ordinal theory. So I do think and same with Bitoshi. Um I do I do give them a lot of the credit, but I think the uh, environment was ripe for this type of was looking for this possibility to to emerge. Yeah. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Um, you know, when it comes to like Casey and uh, and Bitoshi, I think they've they've come up with something that's very unique in the sense of like discovering these patterns. Mm-hmm. And uh, when it comes to like pattern recognition, I think you're able to build uh, all kinds of things. And so Casey's, uh, I, I guess, nomenclature and like uh, the ability to assign an identification number to each Satoshi, like I, I think it's like one of the more interesting aspects of like being able to go to Bitcoin and build something of, of value. Mm-hmm. And I think you're right. I think the biggest thing here, Jack, is, is the ability to anyone to come in and scribe anything that they want. And there's no way for like a project to rug because mm-hmm. every single, even project that makes up a BRC20, they have to inscribe their own tokens. Right. But do you think at some point, because we're, we're starting to see that now, that that's how, that's the starting point of where the ecosystem is now. But we know at some point there's going to be true. like launch pad mechanisms and other ways for people to create, you know, uh, I guess vectors of potential ruggability yeah. <laughs> if you want to be frank about it. Right. Yeah. So this is how all ecosystems have kind of like emerged in the past, you know, yeah. they kind of, you know, eventually at some point the capitalists show up. Right. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> is there something yeah. like, yeah, I mean, uh, based on the me- momentum, I guess we're seeing with ordinals and now bitmap is on fire. Like every single day, it's just getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Is that something we should be like, as a, I guess as like a community, as a collective, be like resistant towards or we should embrace that because we've seen that you know largely that is what brings retail is that even like a goal for like you know the ordinals community do we want retail involvement yeah like how should this like pan out in your opinion yeah you're right there's already been like different mechanisms to try and rug people or be more opportunistic let's call it um with how you launch your project um I think like we have lots of freedom of speech especially now you can write your speech onto bitcoin in different like Mm-hmm. Uh, dot bitter standards so um people should be able to both in my opinion i'm a very uh, free market kind of guy so people should be able to attempt to rug if they want to really to be honest uh mm-hmm. but then others should be able to be free to comment about that or or warn people about that um that's ultimately like no matter what your view is like that's the reality of the world like you can't say we as a community come together and prevent this from happening like it's not really um you're not gonna be able to stop people from writing to the chain um so like, uh, but in relate to Bitmap, I think there's already a few projects that are raising a lot of capital, like the kind of capital that is greater than the cost to inscribing all the Bitmaps. Yeah. Um, so like if you're raising a million dollars, that's more than was spent to inscribe all the Bitmaps. So, um, and you just have to be, be wary, right? Like some of these launch pads and like, they can show that it's half sold out or 75% sold out, but it might be just a project team themselves mm. kind of moving funds around. Yeah. Um, so like, I think that's what some people who um, either they're either just fudding bitmap or they don't get it. And one of the ways that they don't get it is that um, they think that, okay, well, didn't you guys take a huge gamble, like inscribing bitmap? What if it never inscribed out? What if 
it never worked. So mm-hmm. what's the difference between risking money on Bitmap and putting money into a project on top of Bitmap? Like they can't really see, they think like we're just biased bag holders, yeah. but I think some telltale sounds you can have is like, um, like some of these projects that only work for a certain portion of bitmap holders, like this section of bitmap is where I'm going to be building and please give me money. Um, I don't like those projects as much. Um, not cause they're trying to be exclusive, but they're not building general infrastructure for all the bitmap users to use. Mm-hmm. So it's not really a public good that I want to be funding in, in any case. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that's my thoughts. Yeah, I, I think I, I see what you're saying, Jack. I think there's going to be use cases where communities do form and they, they have like their own little pocket and like they, they service their own community through a bitmap. But ultimately, the biggest projects are going to be the ones that build the infrastructure and allow people to connect their bitmap to this infrastructure to allow anyone who wants to build on top of it, create content, create uh, what we call apps. So we come from a background of building applications for the metaverse. So we want to enable that anybody can come in and connect to this platform and, and, uh, write apps, deploy apps and service the entire bitmap ecosystem. Mm -hmm. But, uh, we are going to see like, um, we're going to see community, uh, influencers who have, you know, a single bitmap and it's like, they're going to distribute their land to their community and they're going to host these events and all kinds of stuff. But, I think we need to enable like the, the most diverse outcomes because we don't know exactly what's going to stick. I mean, there's a lot of um, shade being thrown at the web three metaverses and I I can see why that might be, but there's a lot of success in web three metaverses. And we're, we come from like that experience where we're taking the good things about what we've seen and applying it to something where, it's completely open like bitmap. Did you know that we're more than just a YouTube channel? We also built MetaZone, the first app store for the metaverse. Buy, sell, and explore a new class of digital assets like our flagship game Rovi.ai. Support us by collecting your digital assets through MetaZone at MetaZone.io. Like, comment, and subscribe to stay updated. Back to the video. Going back to like the idea of bitmap, what was it about bitmap that really allowed you to see its true potential versus like, you know, falling into this like fade that we saw like on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I had already like through 10 years, just very recently um, came over the somewhat of a framework for how I look at different projects. And I realized the framework is very different than what Y Combinator would do for web two kind of uh, venture project. So if I were to summarize sort of like the traditional web two way of looking at things is you want to back a great founder. So you usually want to back to see who, what's his background? What's he look like? What's where he go to school? Um, what's his drive? Does he, is he in it for 10 years, et cetera? You want to see what the team is like and they execute. Um, and you want to know like sort of who else is investing. Do they have enough capital mm-hmm. to like build up like a mega business? And is there like a moat? Like, can you like contain all the users information and data inside your company uh and kind of secure a moat that you can scale up and then one day reach like ipo or exit right mm-hmm. um and whereas if you look at the historically the best crypto projects like a dogecoin like a crypto punk etc these are things where like i'm not really sure who the team is i'm not really sure who the founder is um and so once you realize it's a little bit different um the framework I had come up to is basically like SNL, like the Saturday Night Live yeah. uh, acronym, but like simple, new, and liquid. 
Mm. And so the if you want to get public social consensus, you need something very simple. Yes. Um, and a picture of a dog is very simple. Um, the, uh, and like even at the time, investing to ETH ICO was very simple compared to any other venture investment you could have made. Like it's hard to get on the cap table of Instagram or Uber or Twitter, mm -hmm. but you could at the time just put in Bitcoin and get into ETH. So it's like a simple investment uh, scheme. Um, new as in it's got to be like refreshing because you can see like by the time you had the second BRC20, like OXBT or whatever these other things are, people just want to fade that. Like now people want to do Bitland, Bitworld, whatever. It's like no one cares um, because the attention span is very like short. Um, so that dopamine hit only comes from like that first one. Um, and when it's new, then there's not as much like comparableness. Like it's hard for someone else to like compete with you. Like if you were to build a really good centralized exchange right now, you have a hundred other centralized exchanges who's going to copy you immediately. But if you built Uniswap back in 2018, um, then you were so fresh that no one wants to be where you are until you prove that it works. And by the time you prove it works, it's like you've already been like um, made up a, a network effect. And then you want to be liquid as in like, well, how how is this supposed to be traded? And so if you look at the most illiquid assets in the world, it's actually land, real estate, uh, art, collectibles, and such like that. Mm -hmm. So turning those things into um, tradable items via ordinals or NFTs uh, makes that category extremely liquid in a way that they weren't liquid before. So while the world has been like focusing a lot on like tokenizing stocks or something, mm -hmm. the reality is that like stocks are already liquid Monday yeah. to Friday uh, yeah. on the New York Stock Exchange. FX, it's already liquid. So these things, uh, bonds, they don't they don't actually come to the blockchain very very quickly. So when I looked at like the fact that Apple had made um, a, a VR announcement, I knew that this kind of like uh, uh, Vision Pro was going to bring the idea of a metaverse to the forefront again. Mm -hmm. um, and to Bitcoin ordinals, metaverse assets is very new. At the time, it was only JPEGs and, and fungible tokens. So... Um, Bitmap fit like a 10 out of 10 score on all three categories. Okay. It was so simple to just inscribe. You can inscribe a thousand at a time if you wanted to. Uh, and so as long as you're not wanting, and, and the funny thing is only after I finished all my, whatever I did inscribe, after all that and after my podcast, the secretary spaces, only then did I realize there was like a, a Bitmap white paper by Bitoshi. Only then did I know he had a Twitter account. Like none of these things, like who's a founder mattered to me. Cause like I was just looking for the most simple new mm. uh, way of looking at a metaverse. And the fact that it mapped to blocks um, was like, it hit all three fronts. And then normally you would like wait until the last 10% is like inscribed. Uh, left to inscribe to be like get in so that you you make sure you get in on a sold out one um but i had a hypothesis that like the earlier numbers depending on the way you draw a map and a friend of mine shared me a concept of a spiral map where like the zeros in the middle and then yeah. it's mm, like yeah. center of Times square versus suburbs of new jersey right so yeah. Then I I became a little bit more confident that you can inscribe, you know, actually sooner the better. Um, I think you two actually have numbers, orders of magnitude lower than me, actually. <laughs> uh, uh, and um, then to test that out, we put up like the first marketplace on OrSwap uh, for Bitmap. Uh, obviously, we're not the largest at this point, but we're 
like an experimental kind of marketplace at this point. We do some things first and then um, kind of the the users then force uh, Ordinal's wallet and Magic Eden to also uh, adapt. Um, and uh, so we were first to trade BitMask. We we're actually first to do the parcels, uh, to, uh, the showing pictures. the parcels on Orsop yep. as well. Yep. yep. Uh, and then once that confirmed on my, because as soon as we listed it, some of the BitMask were trading at the tens of dollars or hundreds of dollars. So it was trading definitely like 10 to 100 times higher than the cost of still inscribing. I think you can still inscribe for another two weeks after we started trading it. Yeah. Um, that made people understand like picking better numbers yes. and whatever was, was valuable. And, yeah. and, and then after that, it was like a blur. There was like so much build there, so, so, so much building by other people, by other tooling that like um, it was like a, a real community effort after that. Yeah. Yeah, uh, Jack, I, I find your perspective on Bitmap very interesting because we have a different perspective. So coming from like a different angle on this, the reason why we saw value in Bitmap is because spending that time in the Web3 metaverse space and it, Bitmap allowed us to basically draw a line. There's the arbitrary space and then there's the non-arbitrary space. Mm -hmm. And when it came to like the metaverses and like the Web3 space, you know, we, we, we figured out, it's like, it was clear. It's like, why did these metaverses choose, you know, a hundred thousand parcels or, you know, why have these numbers? And like bitmap allowed us to see clearly that there's, there's a way to do this in a non-arbitrary factor. And the fact that it's happening on top of Bitcoin just adds yeah. to the fuel, fuel to that fire. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so we were able to understand like quickly that the, the non-arbitrariness of building out a metaverse is this the starting point for all the developers who want to create content on top of the world to actually build on top of that <laughs> world in the same with the same rule set yeah and and ultimately bitmap comes closer to the idea of like tcp ip where all of us are have this uh block height dot bitmap and then we have parcel dot block height dot bitmap and these are they kind of look like IP numbers. Mm -hmm. And so if, if OrdSwap is a developer and then we have, you know, all kinds of developers deploying content on top of these worlds, we are, we're all using the same nomenclature. It's, it's yeah. the, the IP, right? Yeah. And, and that really facilitates a, a, an ecosystem of developers that are actually collaborative, that actually participating in a network that we can actually interoperate from. Yeah. And so as soon as, you know, Blockamoto hit us up on Twitter, and I think he's been trying to hit up a bunch of influencers at that point, but as soon as we saw it, we saw that value and like from a yeah. builder's perspective. Yeah, I think it takes that background, right? Because we had you have to understand where the fragmentation and siloing yeah. of like different virtual environments, all the problems that stem from that, right? And we've seen them firsthand, right? By developing, focusing your development, leveraging an operating system that is like native to one virtual environment, you could spend all your time as a developer creating applications or like functional content within that, but then all the virtual environments outside the scope of that, yeah, just you become non-existent, right? Yeah. There's no communication happening there. So that's right. Similar to how blockchains, it's a similar dilemma, right? Mm -hmm. If you create siloed ecosystems now, how do you actually intercommunicate? So Bitmap gives us actually, yeah, go ahead. I actually want to ask you guys a question. Sure. Mm -hmm. Um, coming from more experience in the metaverse, uh, other chains, et cetera. What has surprised you in the last like couple of weeks since the blockout? And can you give like um, people who are interested in Bitmap a perspective on like what you think will like play out like yeah. going forward? Cause I think one consensus that's already happened is that 
we turned the FUD, the, the faders from the, mm-hmm. the perspective of no one's going to build on bitmap because yeah. they don't have the early plots of land or they have a huge uh, plot of land um, to now these are meta assets and there might be multiple or dozens of metaverses leveraging the same bitmap so like you can like log in with the same bitmap to one game yes. and it's like a sand dune yes and log into another game and it's like um a tornado or something like yeah. a water park kind of thing so um can you get can you having more hands-on experience to share with like um the sure. audience so i mean you know what would you say is the most surprising <clears throat> thing after blockout well we talked about it like on one of our recent videos for me it's this is how uh I guess how quickly people kind of understood the, the assignment, <laughs> you know yeah, what I mean? Of like, yeah. yeah, this is like a, this is, this is as decentralized for, as far as like an ethos goes of how to like uh, align a community of developers and to self-assemble something that is some, some layer of like infrastructure that we can build tools, yeah. build different um, frameworks of how to actually deploy virtual environments. And then the content within that, how do you actually construct? Like yeah. we're seeing other people, kind of like contribute their own their own thoughts to this yeah, right yeah these individual tasks now of course they're not all like cohesive yet yeah they're, they're still you know in development but at some point i can imagine where all these are going to interlay and create some sort of you know overall framework that the average user who is the average bitmap holder so one of the first things we like came across in decentraland we called it the metaverse trilemma right it's yeah. like hey we spawned in the world there's largely nothing deployed. It's just green grass everywhere. Yeah. Why is that? Who's going to come to this virtual world where there's like nothing to do? Right. And you start thinking about it. It's like, oh, like most of these landowners can't build anything. Right. They're not developers. They're not 3D content creators, right? They're speculators. They own these assets and they don't know what to do with it. And they would like to be able to deploy stuff on it. But from where? I can't yeah. code. I By can't who? do none of this. Yeah. So developers, like I could build all this stuff. But why would I do that? There's no liquidity here. I don't, I don't I'm not going to get the ROI that's for right. all of my development, you know, uh, capabilities. So that's what led us to develop uh, MetaZone, which is a platform that, that build that, that brings all these different parties together, right? Developers can create the content and we, we de- create a deployment process for people who own the land itself to install these things as if they're applications, right? Now yep. we have alignment, right? Yep. Everybody has a purpose and to build that cohesion. So we're kind of seeing that happen like and in a super fast way yeah and i didn't think it would happen this quickly to be honest yeah. that's what i was telling will yeah, yeah. I, I, to me the biggest surprising thing was the fact that how eager people were willing to build on something where like you were saying jack there there is no like if builders if, if people value early plots let's say the first 1000 are the most valuable if if that's true, then all these seven hundred ninety nine thousand like really don't matter, right? If that's what people are thinking, yeah. then it's easy to think it's like why would anyone build anything if the first thousand matter? Mm-hmm. But it all of them matter. Why? Because each bitmap represents a block on Bitcoin. There's eight hundred thousand. It's going to take another thirteen, fourteen years to create another eight hundred thousand. Mm-hmm. And so when you look at it from that perspective, 800,000 is nothing, mm-hmm. right? If you look at it from like a tokenomics perspective, 800,000, there's, there's nothing. That's a very little number, right? Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's, the surprising <laughs> thing is that developers, creators see that really quickly and they're yeah. willing to build on all of them. Yeah, and that was one of our assumptions too. If we could build like a, I mean, right now, I think we're like a number two as far as like overall holders. Yeah. If we could build an ecosystem with like a large holder base, that that's going to be, I think, at least an entry point for developers to have some kind of interest, right? To 
there's something here. I can yeah. come and build value for this many people. Our, our, our goal is to get a million holders on Bitmap. Yeah. Right. And we didn't start Bitmap. Matoshi no. did, but he doesn't hold all Bitmaps, right? Yeah. We're, we're all trying to get as many holders as we can so that it encourages developers from all corners of the planet mm-hmm. to come in and build the metaverse on Bitcoin. Right. And and so we're going to see different versions, right? We're, we're um, there's one called inscribe.space on Twitter. He's building a metaverse that is completely on chain, right? Mm-hmm. That comes with limitations. Yeah, it's like a builder stack. So we've yeah. seen builder stacks in all virtual environments, right? right? That's like the very minimum expectation as a user, as a landowner. It's like, I need something. Yeah. I need some kind of tool to bring something to life here. Yeah. And, and, so and, then, yeah. and then we're going to see the other parts of this. It's going to be a little bit more centralized, but it's going to be a better user experience. Mm-hmm. And you're going to be able to do a lot more, have like a raids and like multi-party type things and... And we're going to see all of that on top of bitmap. So mm-hmm. um, to, to answer your second question, Jack, what, what is what is like the kind of like a mature version of this bitmap ecosystem? I think there's going to be platforms, servicing platforms that allow people to connect to, connect their bitmaps to that platform and deploy operating systems, mm-hmm. right? These operating systems are going to consist of Unity, Unreal Engine, 3JS, like basically the 3D kind of uh, physics of these worlds. Mm-hmm. And so use a bitmap holder, you come in, you connect your bitmap, say, I want that type of world because it enables multiplayer, um, you know, first person shooters, right? Mm -hmm. And then of that world has like these different apps, right? There's like the zombie apocalypse app. There's like all these things that you can connect to. Then your community who hold your parcels, they go in there and start deploying these applications because they like Jack and they Mm want to support Jack's bitmaps. And create this ecosystem and they, they go and contribute to your district. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the, these platforms, these servicing platforms is going, they're going to enable all kinds of stuff, but ultimately it starts with the stack, right? You start with bitmap, you start with the operating system, and then you finalize everything with the application layer. Mm-hmm. And so that's, that's kind of how we're, we're saying things. What, what, what are your thoughts, Jack? Well, I'm curious on the timing of that. Cause like, um, Obviously, obviously, I'm aware of the central end and sandbox, but only from the perspective of where they trade or how big they trade and like when they launched. But in terms of actual like activity happening in the metaverse on those things, I'm not really aware of anything substantial. Like, is there anything happening on other deeds, et cetera? I'm not really sure. Like to me, that just looks like a JPEG, you know? So for the critics out there that says, okay, these three fellows are on a show together. They must together have some of the early numbers. They're um, hypothecating that like there's going to be this metaverse and operating systems. Meanwhile, the moment people move the price up, the three of us here are going to sell our bitmaps and then we'll never talk about bitmaps again. Like, what do you say to, what's been your general, I know it's like easy to like say, who cares about the critics, but for people who generally like want to genuinely want to learn, like what is the uh, timing of, of plans and like, where's your passion coming from? Like, what would you say to that? Okay. So there's a lot to say here. So I, I definitely see what these, um, these faders are, are trying to say. It's like, as soon as we, we pump this, this whole bitmap thing, we're going to drop our early bitmaps and just like go away. But there's actually more money to be made on the application layer of mm. bitmaps. Mm. If, if, if we were the type that were like only interested in like, you know, maximizing our bags, the way to maximize it is encourage the operating systems, encourage developers to create apps, and then encourage the sale of those apps so that people purchase and deploy. And like, 
you, you create a potential trillion dollar ecosystem, mm. not necessarily just on top of Bitcoin, but on top of like the, the metaverse stack. Yeah. And so, I mean, if, if they really knew what they were talking about, that would be the direction to, to really focus on, not just like flipping a bitmap. It's like flipping a Decentraland land. Yeah. Like it's, it's, you, you, you go nowhere just flipping land. You need to create value on top of these assets. Yeah. I mean, all, all the different like sectors of, of the economy are important. Like people do have to do that land flipping too, just to kind of like create all the necessary vectors of a, of a, of a complex economy, right? Yeah. Cause yeah, yeah. The, the metaverse isn't going to go anywhere. You know, if we, we just have like these, you know, very simple, like, play to earn schemes as like yeah. the only like real economics involved in these virtual environments. Like there, it has to resemble as close as possible to like what our physical expectations, like of everybody has some sort of point and purpose within these different, you know, ecosystems and everybody's rewarded for their time investment. Right. So it's, it's very complex, very, yeah. And to address, I think the most important thing you said is like timeline. Yeah. <laughs> timeline is, yeah, you're right. I think that's the most thing we have to be most transparent about and most like yeah. honest about. Yeah. Like this isn't a JPEG ecosystem emerging like NFTs, right? Like this building virtual environments and operating systems are complicated. Yeah. They require a tremendous amount of resources and time investment and, uh, yeah, right now we're, we're barely agreeing on like the consensus of like, how do we establish an identity system for like the metaverse stack? Yeah. Right. So how do we actually build the right necessary technology infrastructure on top of that, that leverages this ID system mm -hmm. so that we could build this cohesive alignment among users and the builders and all this stuff. Uh, from what we've seen, we spent a lot of time leveraging, like I said, uh, Decentraland's operating system. Cause as far as like, uh, Web3 metaverses, they, they're the only ones who are actually doing it right by, by, by focusing on delivering something that's open source, yeah. something devs can leverage to create functionality, which we think is like the most important thing that's going to create engagement for the metaverse, right? You yeah. can create all this beauty in virtual environments by erecting static 3D things. Yeah. It's beautiful. You can go in there, you're going to spend a whole day just like in awe of all this stuff, which you're never going to come back. Yeah. Yeah, Jack, imagine imagine um, all the industries that are part of crypto right now, DeFi and like NFTs and all that. Imagine if we can bring the DeFi ecosystem on top of the metaverse, right? You can wrap that into an inscription, right? Obviously, there's, there's going to be some components of it uh, connected to a server, so it's a little bit centralized. But most importantly, you can wrap a Uniswap protocol into an inscription, deploy that on your bitmap, and now you have the DeFi bros as part of the metaverse on top of Bitcoin. Mm -hmm. And like, why, why shouldn't we enable that? Right? Yeah. Like, isn't that something where we can put more value into inscriptions and NFTs yeah. worth doing? Right? Yeah. At least from our perspective, it's so, interesting. I have a question for you, Jack. I guess, uh, yeah, I can't, I can't, I guess none of us can really give you a clear, like definitive timeline as far as like, you know, what are the technical milestones and how long it takes to get to them? Right. Just like it would be almost impossible to predict that in 1983, 1984. Okay. We have TCP IP. Right. How long before we have Google and Amazon? Yeah. <laughs> I don't fucking know. <laughs> right. But so knowing that does this whole like initiative, this whole mission, as far as like building a, a web three metaverse and in, in context of how difficult this, this technology uh, endeavor is, does that make you more bullish or bearish? Like on the whole bitmap thing? Cause we've seen, We've seen that as like a huge counter argument. It's like, hey, the the technical threshold to enable all this value is it's significant, yeah. right? So should we, we should probably not even focus on it. It's not going to work. It's going to fail no matter what. That's that's what we we've, we've received the feedback from a lot of these people. Like, what do you think? 
Yeah, I think there's like the open source kind of building because they know it's important type of crowd. And there's the, the people who look for the business opportunities within what is being built crowd. So like, obviously, Jack Ma did not build the internet. He just built a website on the internet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Same with Jeff Bezos, etc. cetera. Um, but they had a huge economic contribution to what the internet became. So um it's not really that I uh, want to aspire to pe- be people like that. Uh, obviously, they're they're very successful, but it's just kind of my skill set is in building um, applications that make sense uh, inside this like bitmap economy. What I can say is that like the future, like people say, like okay, you guys are visionaries or or you're scammers, whatever they want to say, <laughs> yeah. um, and you're and you're from the future, right? Uh, but I think the future is something that we can all build and change together. Like uh, whether it, you can get there faster or get to a different kind of place than people thought. Um, when you say what you just said, Iman, it makes me um, think. Uh, that right now we are all on the outside looking in. So like we're on the internet, we're on the um, crypto marketplaces like Orswap, Magic Eden, and we're looking into the bitmap where there's uh, districts of land that you can trade for now, Mm -hmm. right? Um, What you're describing is potentially a world where you are in the bitmap and you're looking out. Mm -hmm. So like there's like a totally different ecosystem to, to to go into. So instead of going to magiceden.io or swap.io, and then, you know, one part of my website or our website is giving you some kind of exposure to trade bitmap. Um, and then a totally different unattached to bitmap side of the website is trading frogs and already, et cetera. Mm-hmm. What you're saying is that this district here is like the exchange. This district there is like doing this. So like, I'm me running or swap out of a bitmap location and Magic Eden is gonna be running their yes. marketplace out of another bitmap location. So there's like a the mapping is not just like the soil, like like you imagine like I'm just running around on this bitmap, but it can it can represent like an address in a more meta kind of form. And so like if that's the case, then we can go as deep as we want as Orsop as we exist right now. Okay, now we add parcels, now we add this, now we add whatever. But at some point, the winner, whether it's us or someone else or, or a new upstart, is going to be looking at this from a from an inside out perspective. So this is not New York Stock Exchange adding crypto trading. Yeah. This is like the crypto industry. So it's not crypto NFT marketplace adding bitmap trading. There's going to be a bitmap industry built from the ground up, and that's I think hyper bullish. Uh, I'm not really worried about how much work there is because I think there is always ingenuity that can be that can happen that can undercut the amount of work by a lot, and I, I believe in humans mm, yeah. to, to do that. Yeah, AI, right? <laughs> yeah, that, that's a big yeah. One. yeah. Does that make sense at all? What I what I said? hundred percent, hundred percent. Now, now let's go one one level deeper, Jack. You, you were saying like, you know, what if you could deploy or swap a protocol on top of a bitmap? It's like what we've what we've done is it's wrapped that Ordswap protocol, right, if you will, into an NFT or an inscription, but allow your community to purchase piece like purchase like th- this application. Let's say there's a thousand of them, mm-hmm. and now your community can start deploying Ordswap in multiple bitmaps. Right. Uh, and, nice. Yeah, nice. Yeah. And, and so so think about it. If like like a project like yourself, Ordswap. You don't want to exist in one location, right? That that's a terrible Correct. user experience. That's a terrible business model. That's a terrible a lot of things, right? Mm-hmm. Instead, you want to enable 
your community to participate in the Ord Swap ecosystem by purchasing the application, participating and pushing the content on uh, of Ord Swap within the different bitmaps, mm. and now you, all of a sudden you're encouraging people to um, to participate in like the sales of content inside of OrdSwap. And they, they potentially get a cut of the transaction as, as sort of like an affiliate link. Mm -hmm. And so now you got a community that's pushing your project inside the metaverse and benefiting from it. Mm -hmm. And got so it. I, I feel like this is gonna be the new business model of the metaverse. And, and we've had so much time to think about it. That's why it's so, you know, quick to us to kind of understand like why a, a brand such, such as OrdSwap would rather be in multiple locations rather than just in one definitely want to be in multiple so we're like 7-eleven bitcoin atms but more than perfect atms inside the metaverse yeah yeah and not only that you have your community owning those atms and getting a cut of every single transaction i mean why yeah. who wouldn't want to do that yeah totally yeah so um so that's that's like Makes one sense. of the that's one of the things that we've uh, pioneered in in and understand like the business model of the metaverse that's that's sort of unique um and and but well, I, yeah and then I guess more like timeline thing is I, I do envision this whole metaverse thing rolling out into like phases. And uh, yeah. I've always, you know, the, the static verse is I think the first thing I, we've never really seen like a genuine metaverse mania yet in the web three space. Yeah. All we've seen is like a, a, a mass awareness, like inflection point once, you know, Facebook pivoted to meta. Yeah. And then now like the Apple vision pro, like these are, these are significant events for sure. But I don't think that the metaverse sector as a whole is actually captured like real value yet though in the same sense like the nft market did yeah um the token economy has you know yeah. like when is the metaverse going to have its you know big big you know moment to shine right like this is actually a you know a development grounds for value creation yeah and i think it is going to start much more static right than, than what it is we we've yeah. identified of what is very valuable it's it's functionality Right. We want the metaverse to be as useful to us, to our day-to-day -day lives as the 2D web interface is. Agreed. Right. Whenever you, you are present within a 3D spatial ecosystem, you have to have access to the same, you know, functionality and service that the internet provides. Right. So that requires a, a tremendous technical effort to like yeah. build these, these, uh, these layers to the metaverse. Right. So yeah, I mean, as far as timeline, we, we could quickly like you know kind of like roll out this 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 valuable static verse experience on bitmaps like yeah. very soon i think yeah as long as the community like you know yeah they're already on working this, on it too they are yeah. that's that's what surprised me it's like they're already on the way yeah delivering this right and people are going to really fall in love i think with the idea like the, these bitmaps that are already like love for whatever reason because they're shaped a certain way yeah they have a this certain block data as part of them yeah they have this sequence of numbers that I like for whatever reason. Yeah. <laughs> Once they start to experience like now I could turn these things into like new forms of, of identity formation. Right. And, and instead of just JPEGs, like now I have like an actual space, right? Yeah. Space I can call my own in the digital realm and we can enable that pretty quickly. So I think, you know, it starts off like that. And then eventually, you know, I guess that will kind of like phase out just like how NFTs people now are kind of like expecting a little bit more utility, right? A little bit more something than what we've already seen, right? Like we can't just do monkeys again, right? There's yeah. no way. <laughs> so the metaverse eventually will, it will have these ups and downs, but the, the mature thing that you're describing, it is the 3d internet. Yeah. That's it. It's simply that. Yeah. Right? Yeah, and then uh, imagine uh, attaching that 3D internet to your Vision Pro, right? All of a sudden, those applications yeah. that you've built in 3D, now they're they're literally in your physical space. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, because I can't imagine like the internet, you know, 30 years from now still being on like these 2D screens. Mm -hmm.
Like, yeah. I feel like we're going to be wearing glasses and all of a sudden, like all these applications are in 3D space. Yeah. And another awesome thing about BIM, the big, one of the big mistakes um, in the, I guess, existing Web3 ecosystem is the, uh, it's, it's, it's hard to become a participant in the metaverse. Like it's expensive. Yeah, it like is. the barrier to entry for like to get a cheapest parcel in Decentraland is probably like 1200 bucks or 800 bucks. Yeah. That's not the case for Bitmap. It's basically almost free at this point. I mean, it yeah. was at some point. So I think that's, that's the most important thing is how do we get people to actually give a fuck? It's accessibility. It yeah. has to be as accessible as like spinning up a web page like, or downloading a TikTok account. It's like now I'm part of this thing, this TikTok thing. Yeah. And it didn't really cost me much. Now I could participate, right? So Bitmap is like so the true. first time where the metaverse is, is as accessible as it should be, you know? Yeah. And there's 140, 144 new bitmaps every single day. Right. And so we have that accessibility just built into the, the protocol, if you will. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, we're, we're definitely, uh, focusing too much on us. Let's redirect it <laughs> back on you, Jack. <laughs> um, we got a lot to say here, Jack. That's, yeah. that's why you definitely brought it out of yeah. us, dude. Yeah. No, it's, I mean, it's our first interaction. So I wanted to get to know you guys a little bit more as well. So, um, mm -hmm. but yeah, shoot your questions. Yeah. Um, so I, I guess, um, when it comes to Ord Swap, like you, you, you guys enabled the pictures for the um, the individual bitmaps, and and correct me if I'm wrong. Are other projects using your tech? And and because <laughs> that's what it seems like. They're all pink. Yeah, they're all pink now. <laughs> yeah. So is that yeah. is that what's happening? Yeah, they were um, funnily just. Uh, it took us a bit of time to kind of convert the uh, bitfeed over to uh, the. Yeah, or swap. So uh, they wanted to get a jump on it as soon as we launched it. So they were hitting our public APIs and, and pulling it. So we turned it pink yeah. just to see who was using it. And yeah. a lot of them <laughs> turned yeah. pink. Since since then, I think they've they've either added an orange filter back in there or they've yeah. redone it themselves. Uh, I think we might go back to the original orange color for Bitcoin uh, ourselves quite, uh, quite soon. Yeah. I think that was a brilliant yeah, chess move. Smart. Whenever we saw that, that's how we knew. It was like, dude, they're all just copying or swap. It yeah. was fucking hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Everyone's pink now. It's We're just cool. having some having some fun and, and yeah. seeing who noticed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I thought that was brilliant too, because now you kind of flex. It's like, yeah, you guys are using our stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. And that's what we did with Mscribe too. It's like we had to, we looked at Bitfeed and we tried to recreate it and it, it was like too difficult. So we we used our own like our our, our own like I guess spin on it and using 3JS and like we have this like 3D like rotator thing and and mm -hmm. um and so eventually we're going to um to do a bunch of stuff on top of this but but ultimately it's like I I I really appreciate your your feedback on the the whole bitmap thing and like pushing back on the uh, the faders because I I feel like you've you've been able to package like the 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 idea of bitmap in a way like time and space mm, yeah. and that really stuck with me when we were talking to uh leonidas and trevor that that one day in in, um, in that twitter space and uh i wanted to see if you could go a little bit deeper into like that thought process on on explaining bitmap on you know with this time and space thing yeah i think um uh, what uh, makes certain things uh not realistic um is like you said in the beginning of the show where arbitrary team sets out 100,000 plots. Um, and yes, it's cute to plot, you know, like one one block equals uh, one bitmap and that's not arbitrary. So that's point number one that you made, that's great. But the credit here goes to Bitcoin. So like, yes, Bitoshi maps uh, 
bitmap to Bitcoin blocks. But what Bitcoin blocks are is a um, sovereign concept of time. Uh, obviously, Bitcoin is not around since the beginning of the Earth, but it's around since 2009. And so in the post-Bitcoin uh, world, you don't need to have a clock. You can even say that today's clock is a way to like understand Bitcoin, not the other way around. Like It's independent. It's two separate things. Um, whereas previously, like if you have to understand time on non-proof-of-work chains, you'd have to like index uh, some API or something like the chain link type stuff to kind of Oracle, what time is it onto your blockchain? Um, whereas uh, the Bitcoin blockchain already has like a, a time base to it. And once you have time, then like you can have a, a more realistic, at least to me, um, a layman, a more realistic metaverse, uh, more dimensions to it. Like for me personally, like once the, all the early numbers were taken, um, I actually tried to inscribe, but I guess the market doesn't understand this right now, or maybe we'll never do. But I personally inscribed a lot of the 700,000 numbers. So perceived as like the worst numbers, because those are the ones that like ordinals um, came into existence. Mm -hmm. So, you know, like the oh, block wow. that already came into existence, the block that Bitcoin Frost came to existence. So like if there was to be like a game, um, like a Super Mario Kart type of game, uh, your character might start um, in the block that it began. Mm -hmm. So uh, owning that land equals there's more characters. Owning the first 600,000, maybe there's no characters um, at all. So just having that like concept of like the physical world um, in, in, a, in a sense of time, uh, it actually made me much more comfortable with the inflation as well. Cause like mm -hmm. when I didn't really understand it, I was like, why is there inflation? What can we just like cut this off at 800,000 or something? Um, but when you know that there's going to be certain events in the real world, uh, that you might want to parlay and continue representing in the meta metaverse, uh, you can have this like two way exchange between the real world and the metaverse because the time is happening the same on, on both. Um, and that actually makes the, even the, it makes the financial investment worse in some ways. Um, it makes the metaverse more authentic and more, po uh, more possibilities in other ways. Mm. Yeah. That's an interesting way to explain it. Um, the, the whole inflation thing is like, from our perspective, it's like a, an onboarding mechanism, a, an easy way for people to get into this whole bitmap ecosystem in a relatively financially friendly way. And, uh, but it's, it's true. It's like, it is a mechanism to, to outline the existence of the bitmaps on a timeline that allows people to reference points in time in history to a particular moment on the Bitcoin blockchain. Like, for example, my brother, he, he, he inscribed the uh, block where, where Elon tweeted out 420 funding secured. And so he's, he's going to build out sort of like a, like a Elon Musk, um, experience, yeah, like experience because of that tweet. And, and I feel like, um, obviously, you know, our Bitcoin hasn't been around for like the exact, the history of humanity, but we got up until 2009. Mm -hmm. So I think there's going to be people who find like historical points mm -hmm. between 2009 and now and start building experiences that represent that point on that given block. So yeah, totally. So I think the the time and space really explains that and really captures that the essence of that. And uh, so very very excellent explanation. <laughs> Can I yeah, say at least about blockchains was... is the oldest one, right? So like Ethereum doesn't go back to two thousand nine, etc. Other proof of work chains do not go back to two thousand nine. So true. this is like true. 
a d- big differentiator. DJ, yeah. you had something to say? Yeah, I wanted to say that was one of the most romantic things I've ever heard about the metaverse said. Just <laughs> <laughs> really? Yeah. Well, kind of well, get you fired up, dude. Yeah, dude. Yeah, I mean, if you imagine, uh, dude, uh, you know, you're about to have a baby, TJ. You, you want you want to secure that block, like whenever your baby's born, dude. That's right. Yeah, I want to go get the get the ones of my children's birth already. Yeah. Oh yeah, there you go. Yeah. And then you can erect whatever, dude. Just total, you know, shrines to them. Kid land. Yeah, kid land. <laughs> whatever you got, dude. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So, uh, Jack, I really appreciate you spending the time with us. We got about maybe five minutes or so. Um, I want to talk about parceling. So first, do you understand like the whole parceling mechanic for, for bitmaps and all that? I think so. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So what, like, what's your perspective on, on the whole parceling mechanic? Is it, uh, is it what everyone else is saying, like too, too inflationary or yeah. like, what, what's your take on it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, um, like, I think it is, it is inflationary. I think it's, it's, uh, it's important. Um, I actually do not fade founders. So if you think about myself as a VC, uh, I would say let Batoshi crash this thing into the ground if he wants to. And that's mm. the risk that people take. And in this case, it's decentralized. So it, you don't have to listen to him anyways. But I think he should try, especially like the argument of like, I like the idea, but we should do it later after the bags have pumped more or something. No, I don't think so. Like if you're going to say parcels are good, it's good now. Yes. That's my, my view because you don't know what other competitors are going to be coming from. Um, just like a lot of people didn't want Bitcoin to scale uh, until later, but then you kind of lost a lot of the attention to Ethereum and other things. And, and even now with ordinals, you're playing catch up, right? It, it would have been better if ordinals existed um, from the beginning, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, so I like parcels. Um, I think it, it's I think it's uh, inflationary, but um, like the 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 big flaw I think in what you're saying is that this idea of accessibility um, is that we don't need to make it necessarily more accessible. So I think the accessibility is more like there'll be more builders who make it more like bitmap on ramps than there are like decentraland that's what's going to make it more accessible there's going to be more mm, touch points there sure. it doesn't have to be a price point like it does it, i don't think our goal should be like add certain inflation with a goal of like making uh each bitmap under ten dollars or under a hundred dollars that's more accessible i think there's a world where like bitmap wins even if it, each bitmap is like ten thousand mm-hmm. dollars so i would want the argument for parcels to be more based around like um here's why uh having uh, sections as parcels make sense for like the grid and and the sure. utility of the bitmap district rather than okay because now i can't afford a full bitmap i i need to buy this like that's right 30 cent 30 cent bitmap um yeah, yeah that's, and that, that's how it's I, very, very early that's that's kind of how i look at it too it's like uh you know when you have a bitcoin you have 100 million satoshis when you have a bitmap you have parcels mm-hmm. and so it to me it's not so much inflationary it's more about like the 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 segmentation, right? The, uh, the, 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 the ability to, to leverage a bitmap based on the transactions of a block. It just allows people to say, Hey, Jack has a bitmap and he's building an experience on top of it. I want a piece of it. I want to be able to purchase like one of those parcels that Jack has. So that way, whatever he does, I get to be a part of it and I can contribute to it. Mm-hmm. And so we feel like the, the whole parceling thing is like fundamental to, to all of this because um, as far as the districts go, you can do a lot with a district, but I feel like you can do a lot more if you onboard a community uh, in on your district. So mm-hmm. 
um, that that's kind of how we look at it, and and I think it's still like very fundamental to like the whole uh, yeah it, structure. It, it's it's like tweets do not become less valuable because someone can tweet a hundred thousand times per day. Right. Like at the end of the day, like there's spam tweets and there's Elon Musk tweets. Elon Musk yeah. tweets are just better. So like. <laughs> having just anyone be able to make a parcel doesn't necessarily like make these parcels worth more or less. Like it's ultimately the value put on top of it. Uh, and so I don't think it's that inflation. I actually think that 144 is more inflationary than the parcels. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Because each one is going to have like two or 3000 parcels, right? 144 times a day. Yeah. And it's like a different utility, I guess. Uh, perspective yeah, it's just, as, as a bitmap holder some yeah. someone new getting a bitmap a full bitmap is mm-hmm. like inflating me but someone else getting a parcels yeah. is not inflating me exactly yeah, correct it's, correct it's a second it's a second class citizen basically yeah 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 we yeah. don't even know like exactly how the ecosystem is going to morph from here like I've, I've been hearing a lot of discussions i guess of possibly i don't, I don't know some sort of dow forming and that's going to be difficult already just off the rip because oh yeah. Of how how? But but if there is one, then you know most likely candidate for as far as like a a governance mechanism would be the, would be the bitmaps itself, not not necessarily the parcels, right? Have you seen? Uh, I mean, can, go ahead. I, yeah. I was just gonna ask you is like, do, do you do you feel like DAOs work? Have Have you seen like? No, no, I'm not into DAOs. Um, DAOs are a yeah. way to like funnel money into the creator of the DAO. Uh, mm. No, no offense. Interesting. Because like, okay. I think we. I'm not a developer, first of all, and and uh, our team is very small and we're not VC funded. So I think we are a proof that while it might be difficult, uh, it is very possible to deliver things without funding. So we delivered first PSV marketplace, we delivered first bitmap trading, we delivered like uh, Dogenals actually on Dogecoin, uh, um, not not us, but like some friends of ours uh, yeah. maybe launched that protocol. Um, so we're, we're living testament that you can build without like raising money. So the mm-hmm. DAO idea um, is just like a bit unnecessary. But in case you don't ask me this question, like I do think uh, to clarify sort of, I know I'm pretty sure I won't come on the next couple of weeks, but um, there are products that we wanna launch that would enhance the accessibility or uh, liquidity of bitmaps. So I'll give you like an example without you know leaking out the surprise necessarily. Sure. But when you want to originally become like a 0.1% owner of bitmap, let's say that's 800 bitmaps, right? Which is a pretty large number, but not too large. I'm sure some some people spent by 800 bucks to get 800, 800 bitmaps. Mm-hmm. It probably took you like five minutes to do it because like you could load up all the numbers you wanted uh, that were still available into one single like bulk inscribing. And then after about 10 minutes, you got 800 bitmaps. Mm. If you wanted to get 800 bitmaps on the secondary market right now, it takes you a lot more than 10 minutes. Mm, yeah. um, and so liquidity is actually worse now than it was when it was like at the time of inscribing. Mm-hmm. So um, there are solutions around that. Uh, obviously, on Twitter, people have said about sweeping. I think sweeping is like okay; it's not it's not great. But there's other me- mechanisms that you could do to kind of give people the exposure that they want, right? Mm-hmm. If someone wants like ten percent of all bitmaps, they should be able to try and get that. If mm-hmm. someone wants one percent bitmaps, they should be able to try and get that. Um, and there's like different products that we can we can build. Uh, kind of related to fungible tokens mm-hmm. um, that you could do. So it's not a DAO of like raising funds, but it's more like you can have a, a fungible token that kind of mirrors the value of like the underlying bitmaps. Yeah. Um, you, you can kind of see sort of like what 
Barry Silbert did with GBTC is he oh, brought nice. the Bitcoin liquidity over to yes. uh, the traditional markets and the, and the Roth savings accounts in yeah. the U.S. kind of like uh, pink sheets, OTC kind of pseudo ETF type of thing. BlackRock's yeah. going to do this with like ETFs of Bitcoin, right? Yeah. So that's like bring Bitcoin like liquidity to the archaic traditional mm. stock market system. Dude, so there's a wor- world where you can bring the ordinal one by one kind of like yeah. uh, bitmaps and bring that liquidity over to um, whether it's Solana or Ethereum or yeah. BRC20s. There's a way to do that. Well, well, you would then just be trading the financial exposure, just like when you buy BTC, GBTC, you're not sure. buying the actual Bitcoins. Mm. But for a person who like say, says, hey, I believe in bitmaps as an investment, yes. uh, I'm not saying it is, but they, for the people that want that exposure sure. and they want like 1% of all bitmaps, it doesn't mean that they want to build on all 1% right now. Sure. They just want to get the kind of the uh, tracking to the upside of, of kind of bitmap price movement or downside, right? Really. Um, then they can like have three pieces of bitmap that they actually own in their own Bitcoin wallet and they build on themselves, sure. but they might have a different kind of exposure. Um, and then like there's things that like, you know, um, Board Apes, uh, uh, Yuga Labs did with the Ape coin that they they rewarded like Board Ape holders. Yeah. Like there's like things that you can do mm. that is not about fundraising, but it's more about like um, tying more to the current bitmaps. And that's not the kind of building type of tie-in, but the financialization type of tie-in. I think there's going to be people um, exploring that. We're certainly looking looking at it. That's yeah, fascinating. Yeah, Dude, that that's so awesome. I, so you're you're talking about basically um, allowing people to have to tap into the value of let, let's say like you're saying one percent of all bitmaps by purchasing some sort of a, a vehicle that represents that right yeah like that's you can imagine like a, a like a or swap bitmap trust yes mm-hmm. yes Dude, that's fascinating that is something we were talking about the other day right like one of the more interesting another one of the more interesting aspects about bitmap is almost like it's like a hybrid digital asset that we haven't yeah. really seen before just because it, it is kind of, it's an nft or null but we've never really seen one with this kind of quantity right? yeah so it kind of feels like it has a lot more of like a f- like fungible token um, characteristics to them as yeah. far as like how the market, you know, f- f- figures out how to, you know, move them around or, yeah. you know, identify different utilities for them. Right. The, yeah. Typically NFTs don't, don't behave like this because they're much smaller collections, right? Much yeah. smaller token bases. So 10K and below. Yeah, I mean, you could you could still do you know a legitimate token economy with 10k, but I think it's around this 800 to a million token pool seems. I think you're introducing a lot of like new dynamic, you know, uh, mechanisms like you're saying, like you know, leveraging them for different kind of liquidity, you know, yeah, uh, sources and stuff like that. It's it's interesting. It's something definitely worth exploring, right? So this is something that you're going to release in the next couple of weeks, Jack. Yeah, I don't know when the timing is uh, gonna be, but uh, maybe someone will s- snipe it after they see the podcast. <laughs> like, like, um, which which is fine too. But yeah. uh, it, it may it may or may not already be a contract out there floating around. But like, um, mm. it's just it's about making the mechanism sound and 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 stuff. But I want to throw it out there to see what you guys take. I'm pretty open book on sort of what we build. Um, but it makes sense to me uh, that. Um, you know, there were people, look at okay, the, the first address is definitely not me, but like there was someone who obviously had 45,000 bitmaps you know, in that Ooh, yeah, top address. Yeah. There's no way anyone is, is for someone, especially for someone who has the kind of financial means to buy 45,000 bitmaps today, which would cost at a $10 floor price, like half a million dollars, right? Mm-hmm. Or like 
or even a $5 floor price is like a quarter million dollars. Um, they do not have the time to click on a Magic Eden a quarter million times. Yeah. Like, or, or like, or sorry, 45,000 times yeah. to buy this. Even if a sweep tool doesn't work. So you really need like a liquidity um, mechanism. So it's not really about custody. It's about liquidity. And uh, I, I do think that like there's vehicles that could be like could be formed. I don't know how popular it will be, but I think you have to be very like patient. Um, it's a bit like Tether. Um, mm-hmm. I know Tether has a, a, a lot of bad connotations, but Tether or USDC are similar in that sense where it's like um, at the beginning, especially when Tether came out, everyone's like, I don't need that. Coinbase had a yeah. bank account. Bitmap had a bank account. Who needs this, right? So you have to be patient. But like two, three years after Tether was introduced, there was a China shutdown, um, and uh, the exchanges inside China needed access to like banking, uh, and they they weren't ready to get real U.S. bank bank accounts. So they were able to tap into a Tether based trading pair, and that gave rise to like a crypto crypto kind of exchange using Tether, mm-hmm. um, and that's like a way to get dollars liquid uh, into the fungible token world, right? So if if you guys are right and that people, are, you want like a million users or something of uh, of bitmaps um, and they're all wearing like Apple Vision Pros or yeah. whatever Samsung gadgets and whatever, um, then there's going to be a broader mainstream user base mm-hmm. that is potentially beyond the on-chain kind of like uh, or swap or nose wallet magic Eden type user base. Um, and yeah, so I think a starting point is to welcome in the other crypto blockchains who want to get some kind of financial exposure to bitmaps. Mm-hmm. Like some, somebody could be like, yo, uh, I like bitmaps, but it's too early. I don't want to set up a wallet right now, mm-hmm. but I'll chuck, you know, 500 bucks into some instrument to get exposure. So if this runs away from me, like it goes up hundred X, I'm cool because like I made 100x with it, right? Yeah. Um, and then later on, when when I actually think there's actually cool utilities that I actually want to log in with my bitmap with a year from now, six months from now, two years from now, then um, I can sell out of this financial instrument. Uh, I've made the upside. I can take the actual money there and and buy into the actual bitmaps. So I think there's like if you imagine the financialization part of this, and I, I'm not really into that. It's just a reality that I've accepted ten years in, where you can keep on building the purest, purest, purest type of like products that are not like like that are, that are fully on chain. But if you look at like what has been so far the most profitable, the most adopted type of instruments is actually like Tether or like USDC. Yeah. Those are two of the top five blockchains, mm-hmm. uh, but blockchain assets in the, in the world and, and centralized exchanges for that matter uh, still play a huge part as well. So um, that's kind of like the, I think, uh, what uh, we're, we're working on. I think that's the, one of the exciting things about Bitmap is that you, you bring a perspective that, you know, us, we're just kind of focused on, on the, the 3D aspect of Bitmaps. But you bring in like the the financial side where it's like you you recognize that there's there's so many bitmaps there's like roughly 850 million parcels and people don't necessarily want to start jumping and start building but they want exposure to the asset and i think there's going to be several markets of this type that um i I think this is going to be something that's going to be really sticky with people and i think people are going to use it yeah and ultimately it's going to create that liquid environment that we talked about that's going to serve as like a base yeah. layer groundwork for like an actual digital economy right yeah like, yeah there's always a necessary starting point to like actually bring you know just kind of like how industries form yeah. in the real world right? bring different markets into this asset exactly yeah yeah 
All right, Jack, I really appreciate you for joining us today, man. Um, so we're, we're happy to have you back on to talk about this, this asset, like this this product that you're coming out with, I think yeah. is extremely fascinating. Yeah. So uh, as soon as it, it's released, hit, hit us up and then we can have you come on and, and talk about it. And um, and yeah, I really appreciate you for, for joining us today, man. Yeah, thanks a lot, Thank you. Thanks, guys. All right. All right, Jack, appreciate it. We'll talk to you soon, man.